Psalms 31, let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak insolent things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For in my haste I said, I am cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried it out to you. Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful, and he fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. This passage of scripture, it's all about our interaction with other people and how God responds to it. You know, there's all kinds of stuff going on right now in our country, strife and angry words and things are being said, and, and yet God says, in the secret place of my pavilion, it's all going to be okay. Amen. Doesn't mean all the circumstances in life are going to change, but we can be okay if we'll get into that secret place in his presence and experience what he's wanting to do in us. And at the end, he says, um, we need to be of good courage because he's going to strengthen our heart. Now, I know sometimes... We look around at what's going on in our country and in our personal lives, and, and we just think, man, this is hopeless. <coughs> Everything is just going, you know, and we get discouraged. But God says, keep your eyes on me. Be strong. Be encouraged. And I'll strengthen your heart. Have hope. God wants to have, he wants to give us hope. And the way that we're going to do that today is as we worship, we're going to find that secret place. For each one of us, each one of us has like a secret place where we can come into the presence of the Lord and we can experience that. And, and this is an opportunity for the next bit of time, however long it is, we're going to worship and we're going to experience the presence of the Lord. Amen. And we're going to begin to let God strengthen our hearts, restore that hope. Heal us of all of our fear and our anxiety and our frustrations and the, the anger and the bitterness. So, Lord, today, we invite you. We invite you to come now as we lift up our voices. We've, we ask that you help us to get our eyes on you and our focus on you. And we will worship you. We will lift up your name. We choose to enter into your presence by a choice of our will. We come into your presence, Lord. We enter in. And as we do that, your presence, hide us in that secret place that you've got for each one of us, Lord, where we can experience you in all of your fullness and goodness and glory. And you'll change us. You'll heal us. You'll speak those words of love and encouragement and hope over us. Lord, that's what we desire this morning. That's what we need. And that's what we expect because we have our expectations and hope in you. Hallelujah. Strengthen our hearts now, Lord, as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.
That's what I'm counting on this morning, is that for each one of us, we'll hear that word. It may be, it may be one word, literally one word, and it may be a phrase, it may be a whole, a whole group of thoughts, but God wants to speak to us. And as we've been worshiping, I believe the Lord is speaking, and we're going we're gonna to go just continue I may pray a little bit, and then I may be silent for a little bit, and I encourage you, just, just listen to what God is saying to each one of us. 
We sang that he wants to make all things new. Then we sang how much we need him. And we, we finished up by just singing that he's going to say that word that we need. It'll make us free. It'll make us whole. It'll change everything. One moment with the Lord is better than a thousand years elsewhere. One moment in his presence. So, Lord, speak that word over us. That word that would remove fear and doubt. That word that would remove anxiety and uh, the word that would remove anger and frustration and bitterness. Remove all the chaos and the division. Lord, help us to love. Help us to, to serve with humility. Help us to be unified in a cause it's, it is so much different than the cause of the world. The world wants to try to do things. But Lord, you're the only one that can change this because it has to come from within, Lord. You're the only one that can change a heart. You're the only one that can change a mind. You're the only one that can heal all of our brokenness, yes. all the areas that we're messed up and we're, we're frustrated, we're anxious, we're concerned, we're angry, we're bitter. I confess, Lord, I'm... I watch the news and I get angry. I get frustrated. I need to take a blood pressure pill. And I don't even have high blood pressure. But Lord, I need you. I need more of you all the time. I need to keep my eyes on you and understand that it's only in you that our hearts can be healed. It's only in you that we can truly see other people the way that you see them. That we would see people that maybe they don't believe the way we do. Maybe they don't look the way we do. Maybe they don't talk the way we do. Can we please, Lord, see them the way that you see them? Can we see them with your eyes, Lord, so that we would see a person that you love so much that you gave everything for them? Forgive me for having judgment and critical eyes, Lord. I, I don't want to be like that. I want to love. I want to see people like you do. And when they say things... I don't want to react out of, my, out of my brokenness, but I want to react out of your love, Lord, out of a redeemed heart that I would hear their words and say, they are wounded, they're broken. They're not, they're not just hateful, they're, they're hurt. Help me to see them like you do, Lord, people that just need love. They need forgiveness. They need healing, just like I did and still do. Say that word over us, Lord. Say that word that would change our hearts so that we could become like you. You make all things new. Thank you, Jesus. Terry, the Lord said in Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Amen. So that's what we're doing right now. We're being still. We're, we're just recognizing our great need for God to move in his power and grace. And, and he is the one that can do what needs to happen. And it's only him. Our job is just to put our trust in him and just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He will be exalted. But Lord, let it begin with me. Let me begin to exalt you with my whole heart, with my life, that everywhere I go, 
I would be a light in the darkness because your light is shining out of me. Let it begin with me, Lord, that everywhere I go, I would love and I would forgive and I would humbly serve and I wouldn't judge or criticize or, or think bad thoughts that I would just look at people and say, there is someone that you love so much that you gave everything. Oh, Lord, forgive us as your people. Forgive us for uh, attitudes that are, that are displeasing, for uh, allowing worldliness to creep into our lives and into the life of, of your body, especially in this nation, Lord. We've done so much that's contrary to you. Heal us, Lord. Heal us spiritually. Heal us emotionally. Heal us in every way. And also heal us physically, Lord, that, that this coronavirus would just come to an end. We as your people, Lord, we proclaim your health over this nation. We proclaim your deliverance from this thing. We speak life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you have come that we might have life more abundantly, and we proclaim that abundant life over each one in this room, over each family member represented here, over each household, over our city and communities, over the state, over this nation, over the globe, Lord. You our life. Yes. We speak that over everything in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 The goodness of the Lord abounds towards us today. Let's just receive it. Let's just drink it in. Breathe it in. If you were gasping for air, you'd be wanting to suck in all of God's goodness. If you were dying of thirst, you'd be wanting to drink in his, his love and his grace. And he wants to just breathe on us and pour it out over us where we can receive what we need. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your promise to us. Thank you for your great love to your people. Amen and amen. Well, you can be seated, and uh, so we're going to have a special song, and, uh, and then we'll get on with the rest of it. Amen.
Thank you, Lydia. So, I hate to do it, but I've got to make a few announcements. It's, uh, you know, when we're experiencing the presence of the Lord, you just, you just don't want to change anything. And, but, we, but we are going to have a time of ministering the Word. Carlos is going to speak to us here in a few minutes. And, uh, wow, I just, I'm humbled. I'm humbled by the presence of the Lord this morning. And you know, it's not anything that we do. It's just, you know, God shows up. When, when our hearts are towards him, he shows up. And that's, uh, that is a cool thing, to think that, that God is actually here with us. Amen. We're trying to build a dwelling place for the Lord, you know, and that's in our heart, and it's in this body as we, as we come together and as we worship. We are building an atmosphere where he can come and just live. That's what we want. Amen. Well, last night we had uh, men's and women's meetings for the first time in months and months, and uh, I think we got tag-teamed. Um, Richard spoke to the men, and uh, Joanna um, brought some ministry to the women, and so it was great in both places, and uh, we're thankful for the fact that God has given us so many wonderful people in this body, talented, gifted people that will uh, lead worship and teach and preach and do all kinds of things. You know, we're, 
We're kind of a small group, but it's amazing how many, how many people are talented and gifted here among us, and so we're just thankful for that. So anyway, it was a great time. If you missed it, sorry, uh, maybe you can come next month. And uh, we're having all kinds of things that are starting to, to come back besides the coronavirus. We're not really accepting that. Um, they're claiming it's coming back, but I'm, I'm of the opinion that we're going to walk in the health and wholeness of the Lord, and we're going to continue to experience that. I got a testimony from uh, Justice. Uh, his friend was sick, actually had the coronavirus, but she's healed and well and all back to work. Everything is good. So, you know, I like to hear testimonies about God healing people and God doing the miraculous, God changing us and doing things. And by the way, it's really, it's really exciting for me personally to look around and see how we're all changing. I look in the mirror and I'm changing. My hair is getting grayer all the time and thinner, but, you know, I'm changing inside too. And I'm excited about that. And, and each one of you, I see that God is moving in our lives, and that's, that's exciting. So we got a lot of June birthdays, and we also we're fixing to have a big birthday, July 4th. We're going to have an Independence Day, and we're all looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of celebration. And I think we need to really pray as a body. We need to come together and really pray that the Independence Day celebrations would be independence from the demonic influences that are trying to take over all that's going on in this country. We, we are a great nation. I don't care what anybody says. We're not perfect, but we're a great nation. And God has helped us be a great nation, and God wants to restore that, and we need to press in for that and believe for that. We need to begin to pray and believe that God will heal us and make us whole again. So... Uh, we're having children's church, but no nursery yet. Uh, we're going to be having a vacation Bible school here in a few weeks, and Bonnie will be talking about that. Uh, we're, you know, we've still got intercessory prayer on Saturday morning, and we've still got win, uh, Wednesday Bible study for the women. Uh, we've got all kinds of things that are going on. Bonnie and different ones are sending out uh, Zoom calls and having meetings virtually and, you know, all that stuff. So, anyway, I don't even know what all is going on. Sunday school, adult Sunday school, yeah, not next week though. Yes, next week? No, not next week. Two weeks. Okay. All right. So, um, and I'm I'm uh, especially thankful this morning for uh, your faithfulness and your willingness to give these little boxes, children's gospel box. We gave uh, significant offerings, and there were some special offerings that came in. We sent six or seven thousand dollars, I think, to the Children's Gospel Box, and so, and what that does, um, it reaches children all over the world. And Bob Hunt, the director of uh, Four Square Missions, sent us this plaque, and uh, I'll let y'all read it later. But it says, uh, "With deepest appreciation to Pastor Terry and the fellowship, your gracious support in sending the life-changing message of Jesus Christ all around the world." And so he's thanking us because every, every one of these boxes is uh, supposed to be $150, and that reaches 150 children with literature, and we have like a 90 or 95% salvation rate for those who receive the literature. So, I mean, it's like your best investment in the kingdom. So, anyway, thank you for that. This is Mission Sunday. Um, we have uh, several needs in the uh, missions field. We've got four-square pastors that are, that are having difficulties all over the world. And if you'd like to contribute towards helping them, uh, it's called Adopt a Pastor. Four, uh, four Square Disaster Relief is helping feed them. 
and uh, any other missions interest you have, you can designate on your check. Um, I want to sp say a special thanks to Jonathan Reed also. We've been, uh, and let's give him a hand. Well, all, all this time since this virus has been going on and all the things that have been happening, Jonathan just showed up and said, hey, I can help you with that. And, uh, and he has just taken that and run with it. And I appreciate that so much because I don't know anything about it. I don't want to know anything about it. I barely even know how to do what I'm doing. I don't want to know anything new. So thank you, Jonathan. You, you're keeping us going. And uh, I have, uh, I just found out this morning that if you, if you miss one of these, uh, you can go on YouTube and go to my name, Terry Pulliam, that's P-U-L-L-I-A-M, and you can get all of them, whether they're on our website or not. So the current ones should be on the website, but they're all on that. So hopefully there's not a bunch of videos on my site that you don't need to be seeing, but you know, I, I didn't put them there. You know, if there's other Terry Pulliams in the world, I can't help that. So the ones that are about preaching, that's me. Anyway, anyway. all right, so I think we can dismiss the children at this point, and... Uh, and then I'm going to ask you to just keep your seats. Not going to let you reach out and greet one another, although I am glad to see some folks that haven't been here in a while. Glad to see some visitors. And uh, Carlos has got some family here, and that's good. So anyway, Carlos, uh, we're so thrilled that God is speaking to you, and he's going to come and uh, share his heart with whatever God's put on him. And, uh, and I just invite you guys, all of you, to enjoy and respond to the Lord. Before we get started, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray over Carlos this morning. Father God, I lift up my brother Carlos, and I I know that you've you've put a word on his heart that you want us to hear today. So I just ask that you would fill him up and just speak through him this morning. I know that that your anointing's on him. I thank you, Father, for his willingness to be your vessel this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Good morning. The guys in the men's group and uh, have heard me say this before, and Pastor Terry heard it just a couple of days. Uh, ain't no secret I battle nerves before I ever speak. Right after Elaine and I were saved, the church we went to, there was no retired pastor who went to church there. And he still preached once or twice a month. And I said, this was shortly after we were saved. He got up there one Sunday night to preach. And he said, you know, after 50 plus years, I'm still fighting butterflies. And I thought, that's the stupidest thing I have ever heard. <laughs> You've done this a thousand times. It ought to be like falling off a log. Then the first time I ever had to speak, the reality hit. I'm going to be held accountable for every word I speak. And I made a promise before God that day that if I ever was not nervous before I spoke, I would never do it again. So you'll be glad to know I've kept my promise. <laughs> And I'm thankful for the, uh, my friends here that have supported me. If you don't go in the prayer room before the service, I normally don't because I'm at the door greeting y'all, which I love doing. But I was in the prayer room this morning. Wow. 
course, then we have my friends like, man, I don't see where he went, but he walked by a while ago to show me a support, leaned down and said, I love you, make sure your pants are zipped. <laughs> That's the support I get. Thanks, Dan. Every time, every time. Well, I'm going to read a couple of verses to you here. I'm going to read a Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If there was a title to this sermon this morning, I guess it would be one of the boys. Uh, I gave my testimony to the men's group a couple of years ago, and then uh, the adult Sunday school class had me come in and kind of give the condensed version a year or so back. I'm not going to give my full testimony this morning, but the Lord told me to give you all background and lead up to where I'm at. I was raised in a real Christian home by sure enough Christian parents. There was no doubt. When I was uh, 18, 19, I worked in the same place my dad did, and I can tell you, he was the same that way on Monday he was on Sunday. There was nothing fake. But, uh, church I was raised in, I found out had a real drug problem. They drugged me through those doors every time they were open. <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with it. I wanted nothing to do with it. As soon as I was old enough to cut and run, and I did. I lived my whole life chasing my pleasures, chasing what I wanted, and I thought I was having a really good time. Uh, I was thinking about it this morning. You've seen that commercial for the insurance company where the guy, Mayhem, just runs through. I may not have been mayhem. My, mine probably would have been chaos and heartbreak. I've come to realize since I have grown children that I probably broke my mother's heart more times than I care to think about. But I spent my whole life chasing pleasures. I, I would straighten up for periods of time and you know I always held a job and I always went to work and paid my bills but I was going a thousand miles an hour straight to hell. And Elaine and I were married in 2000. And honestly, I'm not sure why she married me at that point. Uh, I'm pretty sure she thought the same thing many times, maybe not as much now after 20 years as she did then. but. In 2001, I, I started my own business, and it was one of those decisions I made, and to be perfectly honest, the main driving force behind that, if I started my own business, I didn't have to pass a drug test. That was the main driving force. We didn't have two nickels to rub together, but I was giving it a shot. After we'd been married a couple of years, we really both started searching. I knew there was a void in my life, and I knew I needed something. 
So the first thing we did, Elaine was raised Catholic, and I'd been to Mass with her quite a bit. So we decided that I was going to convert to Catholicism so we could be one faith, do things together. So we made an appointment and went and met with the priest. And I won't go into great detail there, but it did not turn out well. Because of the life I lead now, I will not repeat what I said to that priest that day before we left. So that was pretty short-lived. So then we started driving, and I will tell you, one of the reasons I was so eager I'll convert to Catholicism is because I thought it was easy. I could still do what I wanted with no condemnation or conviction. So we started driving all the way up to Crumb, which is west of Denton, to go to church with my brother and sister-in-law up there. The whole point of that was I could go up there and act good and come back down here and nobody could see what I was doing. I could do whatever I wanted and feel okay about it. We did that for a while and, you know, like I said, it was easy, real easy. In December of 2004, I was on my way to work one morning and I had a horrible wreck. I left there in an ambulance. They thought at the point, that point my neck was broke. And I was bottomed out. I thought, man, that was the only vehicle we had. I, I didn't have... I didn't have full coverage insurance to pay for it. The wreck was my fault. I could see us getting sued. I was bottomed out. We were at the hospital. They had me strapped down because I had already made a break for the door. And I never told Elaine the whole story, but I was determined I was going to get out of there and I was going to go kill myself. I was done. She was there. My mother was there. And they had this big old orderly that was about the size of one of those doors in the room because I had been trying to break for the door. And Elaine went out to the lobby to make a phone call or something. My mother was in the room. And, and by the way, my mother was not a weak-willed woman. You did not order her around. And my uncle's pastor walked in the door of that hospital room. I knew the man. I'd worked on the air conditioning at their church, but... We weren't friends because I was not comfortable around him. He walked in the door and he looked at that orderly and at my mother and said, get out. And they did. <laughs> they just got up and walked out the door and left me alone in there. This man climbed up on the bed and got in my face and told me where I was going and how fast I was going there. And he tore me up. The Hallmark version of this story is I'd give my life to the Lord right there, but I didn't. But he got my attention. On February 13th, 2005, 
my wife and I were in the service of that same little country church in Springtown. And I knew when we walked in the door that morning what I was going to do. And I didn't think that preacher was ever going to shut up. <laughs> Finally, he gave the altar call. And I don't know if I ran down the aisle or skipped down the aisle or what, but I couldn't get to that altar fast enough. And Elaine and I knelt side by side at the same altar and gave our lives to the Lord. And by the way, a couple of years later, I asked that pastor if he remembered what he said to me that day because he was, he was rough on me. And he looked me right in the eye and said, what are you talking about? <laughs> we were truly and radically saved. There was no doubt about it. We changed our whole lives. It was a, uh, I don't think it could have been any more radically changed. We started serving the Lord. Uh, my business at that point was, it was a business. I mean, we were eking by. But we started serving the Lord. I started getting really serious about paying tithes. And all of a sudden, my business just was blessed beyond belief. I, I couldn't keep up. And we went on for several years. Uh, we were led to move, move out of that church, and that's when we came here, and I believe that was in 2009, maybe. But late summer, early fall of 2010, I was approached about selling my business. I was at a point at that time, I was just, I didn't know what to do. I, I, there was so much going on, I couldn't keep up with it all. This was such a blessing. You know, we didn't get enough money selling it to retire, but we got enough, we actually bought our first home ever. I mean, didn't pay cash, but we were able to buy a home. Had some stability. Uh, the people that bought my business hired me to go to work for them, running the shop for them. Uh, had a steady paycheck. We went along and it was, it was really a blessing. Let me catch my breath. You know, let us have some stability and security. And I'd been there for a little while and then all of a sudden, I caught myself just becoming one of the boys. I really, really, really let my witness slip. And let my light become really dim. So, I was under conviction about it, but you know, if you really try, you can ignore conviction if you want to. And I did. And after two years there, the company folded and I was back out on my own. We were doing okay. I can't tell you the number of times along about Wednesday, Elaine would start asking me, we gonna get paid this week? Because when you own a business, you're the last guy who gets paid. And she can testify to the fact there was a whole lot of weeks I told her, uh, probably not. But we, we were getting by and I was really, I was digging in again. I was, I was trying to do right and live right. So after about two years of that, I was approached and offered a really, really, really good job with benefits and 
stuff I'd only heard about. You know, Elaine has some health issues and insurance was always a big thing. I had insurance, I had paid vacation. I'll tell you how bad it was. They told me I was gonna get PTO and I had to ask them, what's that? I've been self-employed for years. I had no clue what all this was. So I took this job and it was, it was really, really a blessing. It was a God thing. He opened this door and moved me in here where we had stability and security. Rocked on for a while and a, I caught myself starting to become one of the boys again. And then all of a sudden, this one guy in the shop started giving myself and several other people a lot of problems, some pretty serious problems. I didn't handle it real well. Uh, I, I know this is gonna come as a shocker to most of y'all, but I'm a pretty vocal, outspoken guy. I can see the shock on your faces. And I'm not even gonna look at my wife when I make this statement, but I got a little bit of a temper. And if I think I'm being wronged, you're gonna hear about it. I didn't handle this well at all. Uh, because I am outspoken, the other guys that were kind of being messed around on this kept looking to me to be the spokesman for this. And I embraced that with my whole heart. It, didn't, it was not going well. I was miserable every day going to work. Things weren't, you know, the management didn't want to hear any of this. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And this went on for probably about two years. And finally, one day, I went to the Lord and said, you know what? I need your help. I can't fix this. I need your help. And the Lord spoke to me and told me, he said, you need to put some distance between yourself and that situation and you need to be what you're supposed to be. So I started paying attention to my walk. I started listening to what I was supposed to listen to instead of that, you've been wronged voice in my head. Things got really, really, really good. Got so much better. I'm still going to work, things are okay. Then, about last summer, I know y'all are gonna find this hard to believe, but I caught myself becoming one of the boys again. I caught myself just talking and acting like everyone else. And then, Fall came and we found ourselves in a really, really bad financial crisis. It was nobody's fault but ours through some bad decisions we'd made, but it's still, we were in a financial crunch and it, it was pretty severe. We weren't in danger of losing our house. The repo guy wasn't circling the block looking for our cars, but we were hurting. 
So I immediately did what I should have not. I started trying to fix it. I started doing everything I could think of to fix this. One of the things that I did, I quit paying tithes because I couldn't afford to pay tithes. I ain't got no money. We just kind of worked along there, just treading water. Uh, I kept trying everything I could think of to fix this, and it just didn't seem to be getting better. I mean, we weren't, we weren't going under, but I sure wasn't seeing much going uphill. Then out of nowhere, all this old stuff at work resurfaced. The stuff I'd put so much distance between me and this, out of nowhere, I got pulled in and was threatened with 90 days probation and write-ups and all this other stuff. And it's like, what, what have I done? How did I get here? I don't have anything to do with this. And it was, it was pretty bad. It was to the point, my wife will tell you, there was many, many days that I told her, I may be coming on home today because I don't know if I can take this anymore. I was ready to walk away from probably the best job God could have ever put in my lap for what I do. And I kept doing everything I could think of except for one thing. I would ask the Lord for guidance, but it's like, Lord, please tell me what's doing, then I go do whatever I thought was right. This went on for months and months. I, I can't even tell you how long. My wife had to live with me through this, and she was probably ready to throw me in the creek. So finally, it was at the end of February. It was one of the last services we had before the shutdown. And let me back up a little bit. The Lord spoke to me several times over the years. I, I, he spoke to me in the prayer room this morning. I got that word in my head. But I was standing in the bathroom getting ready for church on Sunday morning. She was in the other room, nobody else in the house. And instead of getting ready for church spiritually, I was fighting these battles in my head. I was thinking about what I was gonna do at work and how I was gonna get this guy. And I heard an audible voice that said, I can take this away as easily as I gave it all to you. It stopped me dead in my tracks. I'm looking around to see who said that because it was a loud, audible voice. I walked out there to where she was in the other room and she was doing whatever she did. She hadn't heard a thing. That day, I went before the Lord and I humbled myself. And I sincerely asked for guidance. And I sincerely asked for forgiveness for the way I'd been and the way I'd let my walk slip and the way I'd conducted myself. And here's the key to it. 
I really meant it. I really, really meant it. Money problems didn't go away immediately. But the Lord started directing me how to handle the work issues. And within a couple of weeks, they were gone. It was done. There is nothing, nothing left of that. It's done. There's no backlash. There's no black mark on my record. Nothing's been held against me. It's gone. We still needed a pretty substantial sum of money. Uh, this, by this time, it's in March. And we needed a pretty substantial sum of money and we needed it quick and I didn't know where it was gonna come from. And things started kind of working out and I thought, man, I can see daylight and the way it was working out, I'm gonna have this done by the end of the year at least. I kept listening and obeying the Lord. I kept humbling myself and seeking guidance, and I kept trying to work on my walk, not just in these walls, but outside these walls. And all of a sudden, things started getting better, and it looked like, man, this may be done by the middle of June. Wow, how did this happen? And I can't tell you. I really can't. I kept on listening, and by the way, all of these money problems were done by the end of May. They're gone. It was, uh, Eddie, y'all come on back. It, it was one of those things that I can't tell you how it happened other than us being faithful. All these problems were fixed, and I thought we were, uh, I thought we were pretty much in clear sailing, you know, I've, I've got it, and then, then the Lord spoke to me one more time. And what he said to me, do you want to be one of the boys or a child of the king? I have, I've melted my cedar at this altar, I can't tell you how many times, and made promises to God that I'm going to be better, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do this. I'm publicly making that now. I am going to be held accountable for what I say. The Lord spoke a word to me in the prayer room this morning. I shared it with the guys. And, it, and what he told me is you need to be just as bold outside these walls as you are inside these walls. I'm standing on that. i
read you. I want to read you one more verse that I'm going to carry with me every day for the rest of my life. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. If you don't take anything else from what I said this morning, I can't do a thing without, without the Lord, without trusting in him, and without keeping my mind on him. Pastor. Thank you, Carlos. So, it takes a lot of courage to stand up and, uh, and tell everybody, your friends especially, and family, that you hadn't gotten it right all the time. But the truth is, Carlos, nobody gets it right all the time. We're all in that same boat. And uh, oh, I was just sharing this morning in the prayer room, Hebrews 12. It says, no chastening seems very pleasant for the time being, but painful. But afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness, peace, and joy to those who have been trained by it. And so, you know, we, we all go through struggles. We make bad choices. We have things happen in our lives. The key is, how do we respond? Do you just be a bullhead? Do you just keep going the same way you've always gone? Or do you say, I'm, I'm saying yes, Lord? Because all God wants to do is he wants us to walk with him. And if we'll walk with him, he'll take care of all of his part. Carlos, you shared, you shared that in a great way. You made it personal, and I appreciate that. And that's what God is speaking to all of us. He's got a plan, and it's a good plan. We just need to learn how to recognize it and say yes to it. Amen.
just found out about it. Okay. Uh, Sherry feels really led to uh, to play a song that she would like for all of us to hear before we leave this morning. Great. That's fine. So, as Sherry, as you get ready to play that, can I say this? If you, this morning with Carlos's testimony, um, I just want to remind you, he's not saying that he earned anything with God. And I know you know that, but I'm, what I'm saying to you is that when we get in line with God's plan for us, we put ourselves in a position, we position ourselves to receive his blessings and his favor and his goodness. When you are being out of line of God's plan and purpose for your life, it's like you're walking around with a force field over you that's just blocking all of his favor and blessing that's coming down because it doesn't stop falling. You're just not receiving it. And so as, as we listen to this song, I invite you if, you, if you need prayer for some specific purpose, maybe you're here and you, you don't know the Lord. Maybe you're like Carlos and you're saying, you know, I've been doing my own thing, doing my own thing the way I want to do it. And maybe you just need to really say, today is a day that I'm giving everything over. I'm not going to try to do my thing anymore. I want to do your thing, Lord. So if that's your if that's your situation, you like special prayer, I'll meet you at the altar, and, uh, and then we'll dismiss after the song. I just feel like that it's of God that he wants to say today that he said, I felt, I felt in pressure. He said, how often I would just, I would love to draw you to my breast, but you would not. So many times we, we, we don't do exactly what we want. The Lord is wanting us to do. God is always wanting us to draw us near him. He said, you would not. It's up, we have to open our hearts up and we have to be the ones that, that ask the Lord. He doesn't drag us. He asks us to come. So we come in his name believing and he's always there, always ready to draw us near. So we would, we would, when we would not, he would, he would come. Thank you.
um, during the, the weeks, during the, the time when we're not here, we forget. We forget. And I just, that song has been on my mind all week, and it's so crazy because I tried to tell Eddie what it was, and I couldn't, and I kept looking for it, and it just hit me so hard when I came in today. And then I heard my friend Carlos talk, and that is what we need to remind ourselves that we have to keep building that fire. We need to keep fanning that fire. Let the Lord work in you every single day, not just when you walk through these doors, because these windows, they're frosted. They can't see what's going on in here. Those blinds are closed. What needs to happen is when we walk out those doors, that fire, that light, that is shining out of us when we go out there. I was told in a women's meeting, I was giving a testimony, and I was told that I, you know, I said I was broken, and I didn't, never knew how God could use me. And, and when Pat said that, you know, I, I was a broken vessel, but God had put all of these pieces of stained glass, of course purple, and they were all in there, and the light was shining out from that stained glass. It, that he made a broken vessel more beautiful than I could have ever done it. So I'm asking you, when you walk out of here, let that fire show. Let them know the fire of God that's inside of you. Just ask him every single day, first thing when you wake up in the morning, Father, build that fire inside of me today so, the, so I will be able to know that you are there and I will know when I walk outside that the people will know there's something different about that person. What is it? I want to get to know that person. I want to get to know them because there's something in there that I want. And I don't know what it is, but I want it. So ask him every day, build that fire because we're going to fail. We're going to fail if we don't. So we need his love, his guidance. Ask him to build that fire every day. Set a fire in my soul. Hallelujah. I think that this is, we've had church this morning. And uh, you couldn't have planned it any better. You know, Carlos and I, I didn't, he didn't tell me what he was going to do. I didn't ask him. I don't know what songs that he chooses to sing. I didn't know, I didn't know Sherry was going to come say what she did. I didn't know Johnny was going to, you know, that's the way God moves. And what he's trying to do is to orchestrate all of this just so that he can let us know how much he really loves us, how much he wants to be part of our lives. And he just wants us to say yes. He wants a bunch of yes people. Yes, yes, yes. Whatever you say, yes. Let's learn to say yes. Amen. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Man, I hope you have a great week. I hope you go out of here with your light shining, your hair on fire, and your heart's on fire. Peace of God ruling and reigning in you. And you have a good week, and you win people to the Lord, and you tell them about how good God is. We have so much to talk about. Let's talk. Don't keep it to yourself. Amen. God bless you. And practice your social distancing for crying out loud. Amen.